My boy Avi, only one, heat in the kitchen, opening a restaurant during a pandemic. Yeah, I don't think I'm the only one, actually, believe it or not. Jason really? Santos. Yeah, we were, uh, there was an article written about it, and uh, Jason Santos opened one, and, he, and then he announced plans to, like, open two more, I want to say. So, um, you know, I don't know I don't know what his plans were like um, pre-pandemic, so I can just say for, for us, I know, like, we're, we're definitely one that, like, we, this wasn't something we planned. This came up after, after the pandemic started, so um, this space just became available literally right at the start of the pandemic, and... Kyle and I had had this plan to do this, to do an Israeli um, take on Southern barbecue for a long time. And so, you know, the space came available. It's convenient and easy for us to sort of stretch it two doors down. Um, It's just another way for me to try to keep my team employed, uh, which is the goal. And that's what I've been after for nine months. So it just made sense to to open up the spot. So let's reset this. So. Two doors down from Simcoe. Okay, welcome to Heat in the Kitchen Heat podcast. in the Kitchen. One piece of feedback. I like to listen to, to people that, that reach out to me who listen to our podcast. One piece of feedback I've gotten is that, like, ever since we switched to the Facebook Live, sometimes we tend to, to cater a little bit too much to that, Corey. And so somebody who's who's been good to us from day one is listening to this on wherever, you, you know, wherever podcasts are available. This is Heat in the Kitchen. Uh, I'm Avi Shemtov, Chef Avi Shemtov. We should call and, it Heat in Ala Esh. Tonight, yeah, tonight it's heat next to the kitchen. Um, but uh, we've got, and, and I'm here with Corey O'Leary, uh, carbon monoxide. I haven't said that one time. <laughs> Cor- uh, uh, anyway. Those are the days. Yeah, those are the days. Um, so anyway, yeah, here we are, heat in the kitchen. I think it's, it's like episode 16 or 17, 18. maybe 18. 18. Cool. Hey, hi. You don't know about that. So that's no. a Jewish thing. So 18 is C-H-A-I? Yeah, exactly. So high is like the symbol for life. So 18 is a big number to us culturally. Oh, really? Uh, and 18 like represents life. So and then today is actually eleven eighteen, and today is the eighth uh, anniversary of the passing of my grandmother. Eighth, my grandmother on my mom's side. Yep, really. Who's you know it's funny because like my career has revolved so much around uh, the Israeli side of my heritage, and that that ends up being the family that sort of gets talked about and I get interviewed about. But my mom's mom was the only grand was the only grandparent I grew up with, mm-hmm. and uh, was super super influential to me in my life. And if if you met her. Like, you would appreciate her super. Like, she's a lot like your mom um, and, like, your family. Like, she's just, like, salt of the earth. Like, just a good person, like, who just – she didn't overcomplicate. Like, sometimes, like, we, you know, the way we, you and I grew up, like, especially, like, in the shadows of these cities and stuff, like, people just overcomplicate stuff. People are materialistic and whatnot. And, like, my grandmother was, like, the type of person – like, if I called her with, like, the problems I'm going through, she'll just say to me – she always used to say, like – I don't know, Av. That was her phrase. I don't know, Av. And it was her way of being like, I think you're overcomplicating it. Right, like, why right, don't right. you? And she would just, if I would tell her that problem, she'd go, well, sounds to me like you should fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so whenever I'm, like, super stressed or down or having a hard time, I, I always think about my about my grandmother, uh, Alice Thompson, and I always think, like, what would grand, like, I know what grandma would say to me right now. Like, she would just be like, Av, does it matter? Like, it just, it just doesn't. Like, at the end of the day, you good? Your family good? Right. Do you, you, your family love you? Yeah. Then don't trip on the rest of it. Yeah, so. right. So, all right. So we're here in Sharon. So uh, let's let's discuss what this uh, Ala Esh is. Yeah, BBQ. So, yeah. So Ala Esh, um, we're calling it Israeli inspired Southern barbecue. So the, the concept is like it was really important for me to have a partner in the project who like, look, I'm super respectful of certain cuisines and like the way that like the way that people sort of get to where they get to. Um Barbecue is one thing that, like, shouldn't be played with. Um, like, if you're going to do great barbecue, like, it's not something that you, like, 
you just do in the backyard and just like play with like four times and then go, hey, I'm ready for this. It's not something that like you approach and you go, well, I've been cooking my whole life and I'm ready to do this. Um, Unless it's, you're in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, right. We're for like friends or whatever. But no, it's something that like you really like you got to work at and you got to be great at in your own in its own right. And so to me, like a huge part of this project was like we had to work with a partner who was going to be the pit master, who was going to be, um, you know, a true partner and yep. and gonna the barbecue is just that's that's there it's totally new for me in my career to have people in the project that like that's just that's theirs and it doesn't get played with right i don't i don't have control over everything in this by design um that's intentional on my part i wanted something dave becker taught me a long time ago he was like if you if you don't want to carry all the weight you got to share the you got to share the like the process you got to let other people add to it right so with this kyle uh, Kyle Crucius, who's a chef, and he's been with me for five years. Uh, Kyle's a partner, and then Brendan Burick is the the pitmaster, and he's a partner. And they there are things on this menu that are theirs, and like I just I just execute like exactly how how their recipe is called. And on the barbecue side, um, Jay Dunn, who's part of my staff, and like that's he leans a little bit more towards that kind of cooking. Like he you know he's all about like a smoker and and, and chasing barbecue. He's sort of He's sort of handling some of the day-to-day operational stuff on the barbecue side. So by the time it gets into the kitchen, like, it's just, it's there and it's perfect. And I think that's important if you're going to do something like this. It's like, there's a lot of stuff that the team has to learn. There's a lot of, like, execution stuff. But at least I know that, like, we're putting out barbecue that's, like, not to be played with. Right, right, um, right. As opposed to, like, if you came in here and, like, the brisket's, like, ashtray. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I ruined you. Like, I shouldn't be open then. So, yeah, right. so I'm excited about this. It's fun. It's cool. It's it's cool what we're doing. Yeah, you um, can't be getting that negative Yelp review on the uh, brisket. I've already had it. It's already bombed. Well, so. they're right. So, like, exactly. And by the way, if we do, like, I get to go to Brendan and be like, yo. Hey, <laughs> you're the pit master here. <laughs> so go, yo, what happened here? Um, no, but, like, yeah, the, um, the, oh, we got, we got folks. Uh, we got more customers. Avi's going to be in an hour. No, I'm going to try not to be, but. Um, I mean, this is a good time of the day. Did I just pull my headphones off? Um, this is a good time of the day for me to get. So we had like our lunch rush. We did a, uh, a ribbon cutting yep. today. So like uh, Emily Smith Lee and Hannah Switlikowski and Bill Heighton, um, the select board here and Sharon came down and they were really, they've, Sharon's been really supportive of me. It's not an accident that I opened a second restaurant in this town. Yeah. So we have, I counted, we got 11 restaurants and I own 20% of them. Uh, is that right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it's the only math. 11, only 11. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know, so, and then if you count, like, the chickpea out and about, and it's, like, 3 out of 12, so that's 25%. <laughs> um, Get those numbers up. Trying to, you know, yeah. Um, honestly, it's a dream of mine that this plaza be, like, a dope Bobby spot. Inc. No, no, no. Honestly, I want, more, I want more people's energy. Like, I mean, you know this about me even from, like, back in the music days and stuff. Like, to me, like, I, I, I like, let me take a weird long way here. Uh, and this is, I don't want this episode to be all too long, centric. To. Yeah, I won't go too long. But well, no, this is your day, Avi, though. This is, I mean, there's a reason we're doing this today. Sure. It's been steady in and out. And, yeah. Uh, so, so let me just say this. So I've always tried to be somebody who's like, like, I've got an energy about me. I, I strive to a certain level. I try to be really good at what I do, whatever it is. And so I've always tried to be somebody who surrounds myself by people who can be like my equal. I never want, like, I don't want followers. I don't want people who depend on me too much. And I don't want people who, like, I'm depending on too much. And so, to me, like, whether it's in my personal life, like, with my friendships, um, you know, I married somebody who's great in her own right at what she does. And, like, you know, we, 
we've got an incredible partnership. I've got great friends, yourself very much included, who are great at what they do, and I'm proud of them. And, like, even think about this podcast. Like, I'm just someone who can talk. Like, you make this whole thing happen every week. So to me, like, when I'm saying, like, oh, I dream of that plaza, it's like, I don't want to own 11, I don't want to own eight places in a plaza. I want, like, talented people around me, and I want, I want a place that, like, me and my team can go grub at, you yeah, know, like, right. around, the, like, and so, like, that's just a dream of mine is, like, to try to make, like, this little town that I grew up in, like, a cool place to come. And so, you know, we're partially there. Like, there's a, there's a cafe in town that's, like, super dope. Like, they're the reason I opened up in this town, um, Angel's Cafe. And, like, they're just, like, stupid dope. Um, then there's definitely places that it's, like, you know, we could get better. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's true in every town. Of so, course, yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, didn't that place, uh, they closed the spot that, uh, what's the name of the spot that, like, we went to when, uh, like, Adley's due date, basically. It was St. Patrick's Day that year. Oh, uh. Something Tavern or some, something? Hold on. Not, you're not talking about a new, oh, Patriot Tavern. Patriot Tavern. Near my house? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's been closed for and it's for lease. March. Yeah, oh, it's for lease. I just yeah, saw I know, it I know, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, and then um, um it, like they they didn't ever reopen. Yeah, it, the weird thing is, so I know I knew the owners of the place before. Uh, it was like earlier this year, they literally sold it in like January, February, something like that. Yep. Uh, remember my boy Mac? He was a bartender there, so it was his mom that owned it, his mom and his stepfather. They owned it and they sold it legit. Like I want to say, like February. Yeah, yeah. I remember you talked to that. Yeah, you talked to him. You yeah, introduced me to working. that guy. You introduced yeah, yeah. me to that guy. Yeah, no, he's a cool kid. I mean, he's like he's about to like you know invent something that's gonna like kill COVID or something. Probably like he's like a biochemist. Or that's something. cool. Something stupid. Yo, did you hear? Did you see the news coming out of Pfizer this morning? Um, no. So Pfizer like has finished like their final testing. Oh, there's 90, like three at, vaccines at 90, there. 95% effects. Yeah. And they're petitioning the FDA for emergency approval within quote unquote. The next few days. Oh no, they'll get emergency approval. It's all about distribution. And I got a question for you. Would, are you going to take it like immediately? Uh, no. Well, there's no there's no point for us to take it, right? Like it should be. So there's a huge debate scientifically on who should get it first, okay. right? Now, I mean, like I shouldn't get it first. Like, why would you vac- vaccinate me first? You know what I mean? Like, you should vaccinate the the people who are at most risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's also this debate said, no, you vaccinate like people like like us, right? And that way we protect everybody else by having that immunity. So, I mean, I don't have any problem taking it, but I mean, I don't think I'm going to be anywhere near the top of the line to take it. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, you know, my grandmother should be taking it well before I ever take it. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I do think like with a rushed through vaccine. Well, that's why you do the trials, though. There's a part of me, though, that's like, um, like nervous, like you don't know the long term effects. Or? Like, can you imagine if like somehow this got like how somehow like some side effect from the vaccine was 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 a big problem? Oh, well, of course. But no, that's why they do the trials. And they've already, they've shut down trials when there's been adverse events. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're never going to know long term effects, though, or whatnot. You know, until a year from now, you're not even going to know. You know what I mean? Like, you, it's. You can't. You have to trust the. You have to trust the the pharmaceutical companies. Yep. What is that? Oh, is that Frank? Yep. Yo, Frank. Yo. Oh, cool. Yeah, for sure. So it looks like we're about to get a couple more cases of brewskis in here. Dude. Brewskis. Frank, I didn't see that was you. 
No, I know. <laughs> Welcome. My sister just moved to your neighborhood. And she's like, she was just telling me the other day, she's like, there's this cool brewery. It's got great beer. I've been hanging out there. I'm like, what's it called? And she's like, Shoveltown. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's dope. I told her, uh, uh, yeah, she's over there all the time now, I guess. She loves it. Great. great. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing here? You this is my podcast, Heat in the Kitchen. Nice. Uh, this is Corey, my co-host. And uh, we, were, we record it usually on Monday afternoons, like when I'm off and do nothing. But this week we were like, let's record it in the middle of the afternoon at, at, uh, at All Ash. We've been doing it like kind of here when we were closed anyway. And we do it like on Facebook Live. What happened here? Uh, no, I just put it down. But oh, he just put it down. Really? But like we just we so it it's everywhere that podcasts are available. But we just been recording it while on Facebook Live recently, just because yeah. gets a little bit of traction. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What are you doing? Are you bringing well, I, beer? I'm gonna drop you some cases. Dope. Because I'm gonna make you buy my beer. I want to buy you. So honestly, <laughs> the, listen. Someone, one of my I'll bosses, my, one of my bosses, in my er, my early twenties said something that's. No one's ever said something truer about me. He's like, you're really good at what's right in front of you of. And everything else you like, let, and that's so true, and I take on so much. No, I love your beer. I love, love your beer. Yeah. So I brought two, Fly Away, which you'll, you'll have no problems on. Yeah. But there's a new one called Canvidextria. Okay. So it's two cans, Canvidextria. Okay. Drink it out of either hand. Oh, dope. It's a little <laughs> bit lighter alcohol than the Fly Away. The Fly Away comes in at 7.2. Okay. This is 5.4. It's a hazy pale ale. Yeah. Delicious. Dope. Both of them are delicious. So. All right, I'm going to drink one in a second because i got a Mighty Squirrel here. All right, why don't you, uh, <laughs> why don't you pluck his business while we're uh, here? Shoveltown Brewery in Easton, Massachusetts. Shoveltown Brewery. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I love your guys' beer. Actually, so, like, um, when uh, – what was the name of the place that um, that the folks at uh, Farmer's Daughter had? The, the, the like, full square, yeah, square the, restaurant. Um, uh, Township. Township. So like uh, I, I I first used to start used to drink beer when I go over there it was always on tap yeah. and there was a uh, like a I don't even I, I don't know the name of the of like what what you guys were calling the beer but there was like a like a winter like like almost like warming spice beer that, you guys that was our winter ale winter ale yeah it was dope really dope like yeah so I'm somebody like I love obviously you know I drink a lot of craft beer I love IPAs like I still rock with IPAs. Yeah. But I find myself in the mood for non-IPAs a lot. And that was a beer like, I'm like oh, all right, I'll rock with this. Like, I dig this. So we, we do that. And we get a lot of chefs that yep. like our, the stuff that isn't IPA. Right. So we did a smoky maple this time. All right. Ooh, smoky maple. That sounds dope. Yeah. And that would be something right up your alley. Of course, because, 100%. Um, and, and then chefs are doing stuff with it, you know. And that's one of the things that I like to do. I, I, I Cook with beer. Band, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I've been on some of your podcasts and uh, some of the other stuff. And like our peanut butter stouts, you can do stuff with that. That's just incredible. The guys over, you, know, you must know the guys over at the Stoughton House of Brews now. It's Rick. I actually don't know them. Uh, um, it, it's, but um, they came out of the farmer's daughter. Okay. And, but I, but they were at other places too um, before. Hey, you want to join us for a minute? What? We'll get you a chair. You want to join us for a minute? Here we go. Sweet. All right. I love it. See, I was kind of hoping this kind of stuff would happen. Take off my mask. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Hold on. Uh, why don't I uh, get a beer? That would be great. I assume you want one of your beers. Otherwise, I've got some stuff in the fridge. All right. Good thing there's not a lot of people watching because I'm going to mess with this camera right now. But, Avi, fill the, fill the time. All right. I mean, what am I supposed to fill the time with? I'll, uh, I could ask the people behind me what's going on. Oh, Jay, you're still here? Oh, you went shopping? Nice. Jay, I was just talking about you on my podcast. Yeah. When you put it like that, it's uncomfortable. Jay just said I was talking about his dope meat. I was talking about barbecue, and, and you're part of our project, yes. 
But uh, I, I did not talk about your quote-unquote dope me. I'm uncomfortable now. Got cups next door. Want to grab some 16-ounces uh, from next door? Thank you. What is this, crunch? So I brought the two that I'm going to talk about. Dope. So this is the peanut butter crunch. Yep. So it's got um, coffee. Cool. You want to just talk into that mic? Sorry. This is the uh, peanut butter Yep. Uh, we, we call it PB Crunch. Yep. And so it's um, made, it's a coffee stout mm -hmm. with peanut butter and lactose. So the lactose gives it a really creamy, smooth yeah, yeah. Uh, taste. Really good. Dope. So this is the one that, like, people are making brownies with it, uh, putting it, making a reduction and yeah. putting it over ice cream, all kinds of great stuff like that. That's awesome. See, so, I eat one. cold peanut butter on ice cream. I take, like, a, I'm a peanut butter. Peanut butter is, <laughs> yeah. that's my, so I take, like, big scoops of cold peanut butter and eat it, like, over ice cream yeah. and breakfast cereal. Do you know Rich Cambriello at Bonetown Burgers by any chance? I don't know. Dude, we, we got to get him some of this beer. He, like, his thing since the pandemic started is, like, everything he makes has beer in it. And he makes like these donuts with beer, and he makes like it's like he's a little obsessed. He's making rice crispy uh, treats with with booze. The weird part is that he keeps putting vodka and stuff, and I'm like, Rich doesn't <laughs> drink like that, and I drink yeah, like that. I'm yeah. like, we, vodka by design is supposed to not taste like anything. Why would I want a vodka covered? But he's he's a great chef, and he's and you know listen, he's good at what he does. He's I'm yeah. sure they're delicious. They're and he's flavoring them all. But yeah. I just thought I laugh. I give him a hard time about the vodka, but I'm sure he would go crazy for that. He uh. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what he was putting in yesterday. He was like, I don't know. Oh, he did a um, cran and I just got unplugged. He was doing a, a cran an apple brandy cranberry mayo. Wow, sounded yeah, good. Awesome. Yeah, it sounded that good. Sounds great. I love that kind of stuff. You know, uh, using ingredients that people you know might not expect to be in something has always been up, up right up my alley. Yeah, know? I dig so that. I enjoy that a lot. How'd you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm unplugged or something. Yeah, I can't hear me. I don't know if it's my headphones. I think it's my headphones. Um, how did you get into how did you get into making beer? So I, uh, it's a long story. I, don't I like know, long stories. Some, <laughs> I like long stories. Um, That's the point of a podcast, right? <laughs> but actually, um, my I, I was always into beer from growing up. Cool. Uh, one of my neighbors was a, uh, they were a German family, a very traditional German family, cool. and they were drinking since they were eighteen, uh, fourteen actually. Sure. And it wasn't like drinking to get drunk. It was no, drinking no, no. to enjoy great. Yeah, Europeans get it. Like they get it yeah, right. Like exactly. they might have a beer for no reason in the middle of the day, but they would never have like nine. I mean, I'm not saying never, but they're not right. they're not drinking nine in right. the middle of the afternoon. They yeah. do they do tend to get carried away once in a while. Sure, but, exactly, once in a while. <laughs> but um, but that's but good for the soul. So I really developed a. a uh, a liking for beer mm -hmm. early on and I was drinking you know a lot of German beers back then especially but we would try everything I had a beer can collection by the by the time I was 18 that was a drinking age back then so I'm dating myself cool. a little bit um, that's funny you got to be almost around my so my mom was a my mom was someone who could legally drink when she was 18 right and couldn't legally drink when she was 20 yeah so she that, was like at that age where like they she switched was right it back. about the same age as I, I yeah, was born was in 1960 all right. Oh, so she was born in 56. Oh, yeah. So she was. Oh, so I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it's close enough because cool. I lived in Connecticut. So that it was slightly different than gotcha. Connecticut and Massachusetts. So um, Connecticut's got great traffic <laughs> and great pizza, which is where my love of pizza came. Incredible from. pizza. Where's your favorite? Peppy. Same, same. Can I tell you a cool story? So I cooked at the James Beard house in early March. Oh, nice. Right before like so the week before COVID regulations hit and my whole team like 
in typical, it couldn't have been a more Shemto group story. We like had this one event that really means a lot to me every year, uh, Beyond Bubby's Kitchen, which an organization called J Arts does. On a Sunday night, and we were cooking at the Beard House on Monday. We'd committed to the Beard House before J Arts announced their date. And uh, my team's like, so we got to cancel Beyond Bubby's. Because, I mean, the Beard House, obviously, like that's a career thing. And I was like, no, nah, we're doing both. So the, we had events all weekend. We had packs. It was a crazy weekend. The whole team met at J Arts where, like, we had two tables. We had tables for Simcha and for the Chubby Chickpea. And then we caravan down, and I called the people at Pepe's, and I was like, yo, I'm going to be 18 minutes late, like, after you guys close. I got my whole team with me. I want, like, a couple of them never been to Pepe's. I want the, I said, how about I pay you with a credit card of the phone? You guys leave the five pizzas out front. They were like, no, we'll just stay open for you, bro. So they stayed open for us. We get there. They're closed. It's just, an, just a great experience. We come outside. And uh, I didn't, I'd ask Dave Becker, who owns uh, Sweet Basil and Juniper. Yeah, and, stuff. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Yeah. and so Dave's, Dave's a close friend. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, I'd ask Dave if he wanted to cook. We'd, ha- we'd had a deal for, like, years. Whichever, like, if one of us goes to the beard house, the other one is going to cook. And he, but he had a crazy weekend, so he, like, kind of had to bow out, and he felt bad about it. And he called me, like, 10 minutes before I got to Pepe's. And he's like, yo, I'm on the highway. I'm headed down to, <laughs> I'm going to meet you at the beard house. And I told him I was stopping at Pepe's, and the timing just worked out. I come out. From Pepe's, five pizzas in hand, and Becker's standing right outside. So we all just ate Frank Pepe's at 11.40 at night right outside. It's right like kind of cool. Yeah. It was just one of those experiences. Cool. Cool. The best pizza, the best yeah. pizza in the country. So that's where I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in New Haven, Connecticut. My father was from Worcester Square. So just around the corner from, from where the restaurants yep. are, there's Worcester Square. And it's it's like reminiscent of old Boston. It's a, it's an, uh, a square, and there's all these beautiful homes that are around it. Yep. And then that whole area, and there's some great um, bakery, Italian bakeries. There's, there's Lucibello's, which is the one that I like. And then there's another one, which is one I can't remember. <laughs> but um, Lucibello's was... You got that. Uh, isn't there a, that Italian ice shop or whatever? Isn't that down? Is, is that the right place I'm thinking of? I don't know. Or is an ice cream shop, like some famous ice cream shop? No. I don't know about that. Um, uh. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> we, we had a huge influence from New York City, you know. Right. All, because of where we were, everything from New York was coming up to where we are. Right. So to finish my story about how I got into the beer business, <laughs> which was uh, probably three stories ago. Um, and we're with Frank from Shoveltown Brewery, just for the, all you guys listening out there. So my next-door neighbor approached me one time, and he said, um, you know, we do this home brewing thing, and... Uh, you know, um, you want to join us? And I'm like, oh, that homebrew stuff. I've had I some of that. I killed this. Can we open a beer? Yeah, yeah. This is so a cool. stout if you want to try that. Yeah, I'd love to. Is that yeah. cool? Do you have a couple of glasses? Yeah. Okay. Cool. K-Sizzle. K-Sizz. I got... A uh, a peanut butter stout here. That's good. That's me. your that's your jam. Look at the head on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah Where's looks, Kyle? Uh, looks like a peanut butter uh, cup yeah. right on top. I was trying to offer this to Kyle. A peanut butter stout. That's his jam. I've got more. There's more hair. So. Can we give one to Kyle? Yeah. Go ahead. So this is Kyle. He's my co-executive chef, and he uh, he ran the chickpea for like a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And now he runs. Patience Simcoe. to listen to me for a few minutes. <laughs> Kyle's nothing if not patient. Think about it. He listens to me every day. <laughs> hey, you can throw those headphones on, so you don't have to hold them. Or you can you do, you don't yeah. have to even put them Sometimes on. If you I have a hard time hearing myself and talking into a mic. I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people do. Don't worry. Every time. 
Yeah, so, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. I never. Sometimes I feel like peanut buttery. So peanut butter is a flavor where, like, if you sell me on it, my just my headphones. Peanut butter is one of those flavors where, like, if you sell me on it, I like. I really want to taste it. And I like this. It's like peanut butter on the back end, yeah. which I really like. You get the coffee in there. Big time. Big time coffee. You know, a little chocolate. That yeah, that's don't good. Even that. Honestly, this is dangerous at 7.7. 7. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not. This isn't like a 7.7% 7. 7% IPA where, like, it's 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 keeping. It's it's like a speed bump. This is not a speed bump. Right. No, that's that's an early in the night one. Yeah, this is a good you know, way to get a bad Yelp review on your first day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, like to, I like to sell it as a dessert beer, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, this is the one you cap off. Yeah, yeah well, it's yeah, and, a little bit and, of sweet. You know, and. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to do this, but I, I haven't got a lot of traction on it, is to get desserts in and pair the desserts with the beer. You know, oh, have yeah. Some, have some desserts that, that go well right. with beer. And I tried it on the menu a million times, and it just people weren't, weren't, yeah. weren't getting it. You know, it's tough. Know? Whenever I drink, I'm always like, eh, <laughs> do I want dessert? Nah, yeah. I'd rather just keep drinking. So the problem with, yeah, the problem with, with that, I think, just like the chef in me is like, dessert is an... In- so, alcohol and uh, and desserts are both indulgences. So they're they're sort of competing indulgences. Whereas, so like if I'm drinking, I want something like cutting against that. I want something salty, or I want something like snacky, because I'm like trying to sort of combat my drinking. Dessert is for when I've decided not to drink. So I get like like last right. night, like. I wrote on Facebook today, like, or last night, like a whole diatribe about like sort of a tradition for me. Every time I open a new place, I sort of like revisit the early days. And I was saying like, I like, it was like a, it was a thing where like, okay, I, I, I like toast, uh, um, like I toast, you know, in the early days it was like, it was always a toast or it was like, Hey, oh, let's, let's, let's do something to celebrate. And it was always with booze. And like last night it was like, I got these cheesecakes and like my son and I ate these cheesecakes and like, I just think dessert and booze is tough. Now, pairing them, like not actually pairing the dessert with the booze, but making the booze off of the dessert, I would think that's an easy sell, especially like, um, do you know Kate Holacek at all? No, I don't. So Kate Holacek's a pastry chef. She just just started her own thing. uh, It's called Lionheart Confections. And like, you know, that's someone I could think of being like, like she does this like secret breakfast, I think is her signature donut. So imagine like a secret breakfast porter and then in, and then carry her donuts and like people might not buy the donut with that, but they might buy both. Like they might be like, let me get a four pack to go and let me get two of those donuts. You know, like exactly. yeah, get two of those donuts. That, that's, you know? the, that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm trying to get to. And I, I love the advice and I really appreciate um, the feedback on that. Too. Yeah. It's great. Um, yeah. Cause again, I think savory is just like when people are drinking, they've kind of like, they've checked into like, I feel like I feel like dessert is the angel on one shoulder, and drink is the devil on the other, yeah. and like savory is the debt. Like you know, what I mean? like I'm I'm eating like I'm eating like truffle mac and cheese if I'm drinking beer at your spot. Yeah, yeah, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like well, I'm doing things I know. I'm like, there's no benefit to this, <laughs> but it just makes me happy. No, and you always well. I guess it depends, right? So if you're drinking like wine or something, maybe I'm more likely to get Definitely. a dessert. You know what I mean? But if I'm drinking beer, I'm drinking beer. You've had your car. Yeah. Like you're ready. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you guys sell? Um, do you guys sell wine at all? No, we don't. We only are, we we operate under a farmer brewer's license, cool. and so we only right now serve beer. I don't know if you're aware, but we're working on a deal to open a second location in Foxborough. Dope. In the old firehouse. And you don't want to come to Sharon. 
I'd come to Sharon. We need a great brewery. Like, that would be, <laughs> dude, a brewery in Sharon. But it's too And I would back like, you, like, whoa. Too and, close, you know? It's just, like, too close. Like, you could drive to East, and I, I'm literally, like, I rode my bike here with a yeah, four-pack yeah. one time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I drank that four-pack, and I appreciated it. Um, no, the thing is that, like, I actually drank a couple of those beers on my morning, uh, on my Sunday morning cooking thing. Because oh, I appreciated yeah. that you dropped it off, and I wanted to yeah. make sure I showed some love. Um, I know they're like they're two different draws, but it's like breweries, local breweries sometimes are a little like pizza shops where like they draw super local, and yeah. then obviously they draw a travel. So I get it, I get, but like Sharon, that's something Sharon would support, like because they don't have that, and like we're. It's funny because, like, with this space, I had, like, we have a giant unused basement. And a friend of mine brews beer and, like, doesn't – I always try to convince him to jump into the water. And I'm, like – and then I actually talked to Steinberg at Exhibit A, yeah. who's a good friend. Yeah. And I was, like, dude, like, satellite it. Put a, put a couple small guys in the basement. Let's do, like, like almost, like, like test, like, you know, just, like, three or four beers on tap all the time. But we only do your beer. So imagine Shoveltown on tap right here. And that's all, like – those are eventually going to end up in cans or at your other spot, but they all start here, and it's just your it's your five BBL or whatever systems, and you're just testing them out of here. And the cool and like the faint the people that know know that like that's where the peanut butter stout starts. You know, like come in here, drink yeah. some beers. Yeah. And for me, like I wouldn't want anything out of my my whole play is just like if you can rock with, and this is what I was talking about right before you walked in. If you can rock with people that have the same energy and are good at what they do, and are equal to you in 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 like their capabilities, then there's a synergy. So it's like if you know if like if if I draw people in here because of barbecue and they try the beer, or if people come here for the beer and they try the barbecue, right. everyone's winning. Everyone's winning exactly. all the time, and it's like a cosine. I, I, I always were, were, uh, try to uh, have those same kind of uh, interactions. So we work well with a farmer's daughter. We've done a million things with them. Langwater Farm. We do a ton of stuff with them. Um, they're great friends, and and you know we try to. Uh, work together where our synergies make sense and and uh, really leverage that so, you, so it's a great idea here's here's some of the issues associated with it you want to make good beer you've got to, it's like it's not you throw it into a tank and you come back i mean there's well, guys course. there every day you know no of course, it. Of course. Science. Yeah. yo um science real, real quick bradley or chris or does anybody see uh, rachel did you see that we have a new order make sure you check it on those i just i get a uh, notification that might be right. I just I get notifications. Just make sure we see all the orders. So before you came in, sorry, Avi was talking about uh, he wants to have this whole strip plaza. Yeah. Take like, the whole place. Like Avi, no, so I don't know the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, but he's I trying to get. That's why. Town, like I want. That's why he's trying I to want a Shovel Shovel Town Brewery in this yeah, plaza. Like, right. I want. I want this plaza to be full of people that aren't me that are just super dope. So that, that way it's like, like so it's weird in Sharon. Um, and this podcast isn't like hyper Sharon. So like I don't, I you know, I know I go on these diatribes. I probably bore people. Um, it's pretty, but hyper Sharon. the thing about Sharon um, is that like you know, Sharon's a big town ge- geographically, not population wise, and yet folks think of like this side of town, like this the plaza, as like far away or like the, out of the yeah. way. I, and I just I figured out the other day. So there's 11 restaurants in town of which I own two, but five of them are in this plaza. And so the thing is, like, that means half of the restaurants are in one place. And to me, like, imagine if we had a Shoveltown Brewery in this plaza. Imagine if we had, like, a, a dope bakery. Like, now all of a sudden you got, like, I got 
those two things covered. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 in fact, I'm working on a project now with a woman to, that makes unbelievable pastries. Perfect. So let's put those two, let's put those two things in this plaza, man. That, the landlord's incredible. Honestly, the landlord, you know what the landlord was doing? Like Larry Needle, you know what he was doing last night here? Um, he was helping me. I just, I called him just to ask him. Um, cause I can't just like drill into the face of the building. So I was asking him like, how did the place down into the strip put their banner up on, around the sign? He, there's no zip tie spots. He goes, I've got a drill and uh sell tapping screws in my trunk. I'm 25 minutes away. He's like, are you still going to be there? I said, yeah, he came here and like in the wind and rain, he put the sign, the banner up with yeah. me. Like, and to me, for those of us in the commercial space, if you can get a good landlord, that's 80% of the, yeah. because, cause you know that like, I mean, he doesn't. Look, he gets his rent and like whatnot, but and so it's like it's not like it's not like there's it's not like he's like bankrolling me, but all the little things like he, like the contractor that that built Simca and I spent a lot of money on that space and it's a beautiful space. Didn't seat the to- one of the toilets properly, and our exhaust fan. So every once in a while, the place smells real. And my landlord just like brought his plumber in, and he just corrected that. And like that's just he doesn't have to do that. That's actually there's landlords that would be like that's. Literally yeah. not my job because it's yeah. literally not. Right. But he was like, yeah. "Look, we're in this together. Like, you know, I I want to have great tenants. I want you to succeed." And yeah. he's just awesome. Yeah. So if I could say anything to anyone I was recruiting to the plaza, I'd say, the "Landlord's dope. Just a great, great dude." Well, I'd have to put a shout out to my landlord because he's the same same way. Doug dope. King. Okay. Doug King, great guy. Has built a lot of stuff in Sharon, Foxborough, cool. Easton, uh, and he owns the building, which was one, one of the old uh, shovel manufacturing buildings. It was a later building. It oh. was, didn't have. Is there any it. space over there that I can take? <laughs> he needs. A, he opens a restaurant today, and he's already looking for his next project. That's the, that's the thing that's, with him. That's the same with me. I'm, I'm looking for the next thing. Hold right. on. So you said you opened in an uh, old old firehouse? Yeah, so in the in the uh, Foxborough firehouse. And if it pretty goes cool through, space. I'd actually. Oh, I know that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably a pretty cool space. It's it's a a cool space, and there's a lot of traffic there. Right. You know, Foxborough. I was surprised. The um, it's only seventeen thousand population. Population of Easton is like twenty four. And Mansfield. I was surprised. Mansfield's only twenty. You're just into the mics. If I can't hear you, Mansfield's only twenty three. How many in Sharon? Eighteen. Wait. So we're bigger by population than Foxborough. Foxborough. I was surprised. Hmm. Seventeen thousand. But. The, Yo, difference, so the, yeah. the difference with Foxborough is a lot of people go in and out of Foxborough. Of course, There's a yeah. ton of traffic. Right. You've got all the surrounding towns that are there that are going to uh, go through Foxborough. Route 140, huge, huge main drag right, right off of 95. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right off of 95. Yeah, highway access, like, right. So I want to one – thing, one thing about me I'm sure you're aware of already is that I just, I, I just kind of keep it 150. So, like, the thing to me is, <laughs> like, I want – I want to do anything I can. That's cool that there's traffic in Foxborough, but like I, I want to champion Shovel Town to like to the folks that are like to the bros that are lining up at breweries because I, I honestly I'm, I'm running out of breweries that I don't have a reason to not support. Like it's a dirty game and it's a weird place to be. And, like, there's a couple places. Castle Island, I, I rock with hard. Adam's a yeah. good dude, really good dude. We work well with Adam. We yep. work, Matt, you know, Matt he Steinberg was is my guy. Great person. Matt. Like, awesome. when the pandemic happened, he hit me up. He was like, I want to ship you cases, and I want and I want to give them to you because I want to I come do, like, a pop-up where, like, we give the beer in it as an incentive. But, like, you know, the way the liquor laws work, like, yeah. you basically get the food away instead. Or, like, let's support each other on the 4th of July. We did an all-Exhibit A tap list. Like, but... 
the thing to me is there's lots of people like Shoveltown, not lots. There's a handful of people like Shoveltown making great beer who and there's there's places that like it's it's getting harder and harder as these breweries get a lot of love to keep them like actually being good small business owners. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like there's there's dirty like it's funny because like here I am drinking this, but like these guys like they like my food truck used to do Friday nights there. And then they just accidentally, like an employee there just accidentally forgot that, like, he'd given us Fridays in perpetuity. And he did a schedule, like, many months out in advance. Just forgot. And there were, Friday nights were just gone. And I'm like, bro, like, you just took, like, essentially one employee of mine's salary a week away from me. Yeah. Like, should I lay that person off and put them at your feet? Like, the hell? And we've always been good to them. Like, we were quick when, like, the state changed the regs and, like, they needed our food to be open. We changed our processes to make sure, like, we never hiccuped on them. Um, I built like when Trillian was like, Hey, we need like, dude, there was a time when like they were literally coming outside to buy food from us specifically, just hoping we wouldn't stop showing up. And I was like, no, no, no. Like other food trucks who I recruited to come out there stopped coming because they were like, we can't make money. And I was like, no, I'm in this for the long haul. Like, I believe in this. I think this location right. is going to work for you when, when it wasn't, when that, when that location was dead, now it's a hub for them. And like, they control the food product and they like, uh, process and they kind of like boot you. And, um, too many of these breweries are like that. And to me, I rock with the people I rock with. So I think, like, that's great. Open Fox, bro. But, like, also keep your eyes on the city. Like, get into places because hey. your beer is as good as anybody's. Like, why not? Like, I mean, this stout, like, who's making a better stout than this? That, that, that one competes on the national level. Yeah. I, I mean, would, Treehouse I mean, makes a great, like, an incredible stout. And, and, and truly makes some great stouts. But I, in a blind taste test, people are going to pick what they like. Like, this isn't not that quality. There's, not. there's a ton of you know everybody likes it, something different you right, know they right. have their own taste like this isn't thin the flavor's no, not it's, not it's, poor like this is a yeah. dope stout we've got a lot of great comments a lot of great feedback on all of our products and i don't want to sound like you know i'm um we're pretty humble about what we do hey, you listen, don't hear we, don't, we don't ask people on heat in the kitchen <laughs> if it, no, and listen, it humility, Frank, okay. yeah. humility is important yeah. and like it's funny because like i'm like that too like so it's weird right as i've grown my, my place is, and I don't mean, like, grown to, like, be bigger, like, shutdowns bigger than anything I do. When I say grown, I just mean, like, as we've gotten big enough where, like, I don't make chubby chickpea food anymore. Kyle does or Andy does or their staffs yeah, do. Right. I've, bec- I've felt more and more comfortable saying we're the dopest because, like, if I was the one making it and I'm like, yo, I'm the dopest, it's like, ah, like, you literally make that falafel. Like, it's a weird thing to do. But when these dudes execute the hell out of it and I can say, yo, that's the dopest <laughs> – it's like I feel more comfortable doing yeah. it. And so humility is great. And, and you, like you should be humble because we live in an objective. Like there's somebody that's going to drink that stout and go, this is trash. Right. And you're going to go, it. what? Like, yeah. huh? But that's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a subjective thing. But this is dope. And like we should, there should be more. And like, it's like I tell Adam at Castle Island, like Keeper is the best readily available, like mainstream local ipa on the shelf and their data will bear that out and they should they should be comfortable saying that like they should be comfortable owning that space because it's like will the bros show up and line up for on saturdays for two hours to drink it no but everybody and their mother that drinks local craft orders it at the bar right, right? and so it's like and, yeah, it's, and it's okay to, and yeah, it's okay exactly. to say that like it's okay to be like listen we built something that matters like we built something that matters right I agree. 
Although I'd, I'd call you out on the flyaway because I think that's the best <laughs> IPA, <laughs> local IPA available. But well, no, when, I, know, say, no, when no, I say I, mainstream available, yeah. I mean, I'm intentional well, when I say this. The shelf space that Keeper or and, and the bar rooms that Keeper's available yeah. in, yeah. Flyaway's not available this, as as much as Keeper is. I don't see it as well, much. Well, I mean, I live in Norwood, so I'm, I you know I see Keeper literally every like it's like the only band. I mean, listen, if I'm everywhere. wrong about that, tell me I'm wrong about it. No, no, no. It, it, I don't. I feel like sometimes I'm like where we don't get the notoriety uh, and the visibility. The visibility, I think, is true. Like I think that's true. Yeah. Like I, I, I'll be honest with you. Like again, like I've drank, I, I just don't see it as much. And that's yeah. I guess what I'm saying to you now is that like, it's great. So like, and you know what? Maybe it's because you. Maybe it's because you're so nice and like that's dope that you're being put. Maybe like. Maybe you don't you don't have these sales guys that bother Chris until he finally <laughs> orders it because right. if it's like if it was just in Simca it would just be there forever it would just be there forever. Um, do you ever have canned heat? Yeah, you like it. Some of their stuff is good, you know. I, I I'll never say anything bad about another brewery. I, no, you know it's not it's not fair, you know. I give honest opinions. Like yeah, well I can't. <laughs> well this is this <laughs> the reason we started this podcast. You should because all gives us a can well, dope. You know. No, can heat beer is dope, in my opinion. Yeah, dope impossible to do business with like they just like it's weird that they, they're not they've never been in the business so like they don't understand and and they like their sales guy just got can't heat on tap at simca because he just he got he realized like you just got to find that moment right in front of it. like if you if right. you called me or texted me and were like can i send you a keg this week i'd be like yeah send me two send me two and send me send me two cases of beer too and then and it'll be like that it'll be that simple and then you're just like, someone, like, Chris will end up writing the check. And, like, by the way, when you're little like that, I mean, not little, like, you guys are big, but, but little, like, when you, when you don't not care about money, get it COD with me in the same way. <laughs> no, because, no, because I'm never, like, I got it. Like, I'll pay it, but we won't, I'll be just as bad about that. Yeah. So it's more like, we want to write check. Like, I'll tell them, like, yo, it's cool that you ordered two kegs from, you know, um, bog irons, mate. Like I love bog iron. Yeah. And like they just like they just text me like every week, and they'll be like, "These are the six things we have right now. Will you take it?" And I'll just be like, "Yeah, give me two of that and two of that." And then I'm like, "Please make sure the driver takes a check, because otherwise they'll have to hound me for like three, like three, four weeks for a check." And it's not that I don't want to write the check; it's that I gotta get to Chris. I gotta I'm trying to open a restaurant. Check. Right. It's that like, <laughs> right. It's that like yeah. it's not top of mind for me. And so, but my point is like. It's got to be every like I think I think we got to I think more places got to have it. I want to have it immediately. I know at Ella Esh we're not going to have we're not it's going to be BYOB. But the cool thing there is Maria at Bread and Butter right here in the Plaza. I'm doing it kind of like in a synergy with her cuz she carries good beer like she carries night shifts and I want people to buy beer there well, and come I'll have here. to go talk to her too. And she's 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 hard-nosed but she'll buy it. She will and and it'll sell. Oh yeah, there's yeah. no doubt about it. I mean, and if I ask her to carry it, she'll carry it because she knows like I'm doing this sort of in synergy with her. It's like yeah. I want you to carry this, this, and this, right? So that my well, you're not like, going to sell her on something that's not going to sell. By the way, this store. is like th your brand in general is super barbecue friendly. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
feel like bikers probably like Shovel Town. Am I wrong? <laughs> we get some bikers. I feel like I, bikers probably rock with Shovel we do, Town. We do a lot of cool things. Um, you know, we have great events um, when, when we could have events. And we yeah. still have a couple things that are going on. Like, we have a running club that's, that's been what going seen. on yeah, yeah. forever. But we also... Um, Two years ago, I started a mountain bike club, and that's going really good. But I mean, we're fortunate because there's mountain bike trails right there. Yeah, of course, right. And so, um, so that's been really great. And but we've done millions of things. And the other thing, I, I mean, I know you guys do this too. We give back to the community. Yeah. Uh, there isn't anybody who comes to our door and asks us for something, and we that we turn away. Yeah. And we feel that that's a, it's in our mission statement. And it's something where we firmly yeah. believe. Well, in. it's like a person or an organization. Uh, typically, it's an organization. Because I'm yeah. turning, or- so I've started turning organizations away. Yeah, have you? Like, I mean, like the soccer moms or whatever. No, I mean, so you know, those people I rock with. I like, mean, it's community yeah. stuff. Yeah, right? but yeah, it really yeah. depends because, like, no, not like a corporate organization. No, but I'm saying even this, even those organizations. So, like, I got I got to a point a couple years ago where I realized I'm like I looked at it and I'm like, problem with good guys like me and you. And you're, I think, a little bit more of a good guy than me in that respect, <laughs> is that we say yes because we're like, you know, we're empaths. Like, we're like, I, I feel you. Like, I want, you know. But if we really looked at it like, like, all right, stop and look at year end. If you stopped and said this year we have $5,000 that we yeah. can just give out right. in, in, in community help, is your organization what – what aligns with, with our with, what you want with our desires, right. not not our marketing desires. Like for me, I started. So I a couple of years ago, I sat down with myself and I said, "Av, like, what's your chief? Like, what's what matters to Av the most?" And it's food insecurity. So now it's like if you come to me with any food insecurity need at all, I'm giving you exactly what you need, and I'm giving you my energy, and I'm trying to find a solution to the problem. I had somebody hit me up two days ago, and there's like a small turkey shortage this year. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this. You mean no, like? I, you mean like? There's a shortage of small or, turkeys. Okay. So Every, what happened was big turkeys. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the small turkeys, so large turkeys, like 22 pounds and above, yeah, are plentiful. Fun. Right. But because because of COVID, so all small. So for the first time, everybody's buying small turkeys because oh, regulations yeah. of of size. Oh, of, of course. Right. So there's a shortage of small turkeys now. What what charitably gets given away? Small turkeys. Yeah. So. These organizations are having a problem because their budget is for the small turkeys. So this woman called me up, and she's like, they needed a 1,000 turkeys. And they have the donors, but she can't find them. Turkeys, yeah. So I put, I, I put my head, head together with, uh, with Paul Mancuso um, over, at, uh, over at Performance Food Group. And I was like, I just, like, I was like, yo, this is the problem. Like, how do we solve this? And he, he came back to me with, we got 10-pound Ready to ready to cook RTC, um, foil wrapped turkey breasts, and we can get you those at at that cost that you need. And like, boom, problem solved for these people. Yeah, right. I'll give you that kind of energy if you align with. But I realized like I had to stop saying yes to everything because right. it's like if your organization doesn't align with what my priorities are. Not saying I don't agree with you. On, yeah, yeah. You know, I ask myself like, you just can't give money to everybody. Am I in favor yeah, of? No. Of um of wounded veterans. Of course, I want to support wounded veterans. But if I say yes to that, and I end up in November unable to help the kids that can't get school lunch, right? I've now I'm feeling away, like I'm yeah. failing my mission, right? So so that's where I I, I started no, having I, to say no course, to people, you, you and I feel bad about it. But I'm like, bro, like they treat businesses like let's be honest, Frank. Like they treat businesses like they see like your Saturday night, 
and they think like he could just give it to us like and they just come knocking knock knock and you're like we have to make decisions. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't understand the cost and the and the you know that right. goes into running. Well, I'm a sure you learn over time too, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, you evolve. You're like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna just. But, give but anyways, the, oh, you I, know, I used to say yes to everything. Yeah. I, I, mean, I just want to be a good guy. Right. And then I realized, like, some of these. And by the way, the punishment for saying yes. It sounds. I don't want people to think I'm heartless well, here. It's like, but the punishment for saying yes is they ask again next year. <laughs> right. And they say to you, their sales pitches. In the past, you've given, and it's like, it's I know. like a tax write-off for businesses too, there, just there, like an individual. I'll tell you one, yeah, one of my exactly. one of my things yeah. is no, just it, if it so isn't personal, costs. you know, yeah. then I then I feel like if somebody's, uh, you know, taken a for, uh, a letter that they've written and then they just copy and paste it and broadcast, you can see that. Right, 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 right. right. I, I those are the ones that yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll ignore. Right. And if they co- if they're really serious, they'll come back yep. and, and ask for you, but um. You know, we get a lot of stuff, but but I, I agree with you, Avi. Um, we typically, you know, focus on Easton, and we do a lot with uh, the Easton Food Bank. In fact, for a shameless plug, right now, um, we're doing a case of our local rise, which is um, we call it local rise because it's all local ingredients. Mm-hmm. We buy local grains. Uh, you know, everything we sourced for that beer was is local, and. Um, we're, we have a case price of 30 bucks, which is way low, and we're giving it... For a case? Gi- for a case, yeah. And we're giving all the proceeds to the uh, Easton Food Bank. Oh, Sick. nice. Yeah, and we're just, get, we're, we're just about ready to pull the trigger. We're going to write the check before Thanksgiving, so everybody's... That's good. Well, especially happy. now. Have like, you sold through all that? Uh, I think we have a little bit left. Yeah, there's a few few cases left, but I think it'll be gone. You're going to sell it. Yeah, you're going to yeah. sell it. But like, the lines cool. at, like, speaking of food... Security, you know, the lines cases, of food banks are crazy right now. Too. You saw the videos yet? Like, yeah. the food bank lines are just like crazy. And I think they said, Of course, they are. It was like one out of five people were food insecure before. Now it's like, I mean, it was one out of ten. Now it's like one out of five. Right. Yeah. But so, you know I mean? so think about those numbers. I want to call people's attention to the first number. Okay. Like, yeah, COVID is crazy. Yeah. I mean, why would it be one out of one ten? One out of every ten. I want you to think about that. Nuts. Okay. And, and, and the people that I tend to focus on, and again, I'm, I've always been upfront about. Like, my background, so, like, I grew up, and I was never food insecure, okay? To be clear, like, my parents always, I never went without food. Yeah. But I grew up in a rich town. Yeah. As a kid that just had to keep up. And that was hard, like, really hard. And I worry about the kids that, like, or the families, in particular, like, the parents. Yeah. Who are food insecure, but won't ever admit that to themselves, right? So, like, they're... They'll never go to the food bank. So we're seeing in COVID, for example, a new kind of poverty. Yeah. We're seeing Ramen folks that have always been fine. No, right, folks that have always been fine. The kind of folks that are like, that feel, so everyone feels shame getting in line at the food bank. Or they shouldn't, they shouldn't. But right. my point is like, I'm not trying to make it sound like there are people that are like, no, 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 no the, the food bank's dope. No, no, no. No, I'm, but there's people now extra that are like, the punishment for that is no longer looking a certain way to their friends, to their, you know, look, if you're used, and, and again, I know people aren't going to cry for folks that made six figures, but if you're used to making six figures and you live like you make six figures and this happened and you're laid off and it's gone, right? But your your daughter still has ballet class, you know, like your daughter still plays basketball and the fees, and she's AAU, so like the fees are still coming, right? Your Your son's got like, you know, I don't, I mean, Whatever it belongs to any organization, and this is costing you. Like, you're you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, 
it happens fast. And you're not going to reach out to an organization for free Thanksgiving dinner. You're not going to call up Frank or, my, or myself for help. So that's the kind. That's why my big push is always to create these food programs that are meant to, to cater to everyone and are free. And my, my pitch is always like, if you don't need it and you come here, you're helping. Because, like, you're making it cool to come here. And then the people that need to come here quietly, they don't have to admit. They don't have to. They don't have to announce themselves. Right. Um, you know, that's why, like, a big pitch that I'm, I'm working on here and want to want to try to push to Sharon is I want free lunch for everyone. And um, and I've done the math and it's not cheap, but, but we have some cool solutions myself and, and a, a gentleman here in town, Constantine. Um because at the end of the day, I just think, like, as a kid growing up, I, I remember when I felt like it was perception, probably not reality. My parents could afford pencils. But, like, I felt like bothering my parents for anything was a problem. So I remember, like, not having pencils at school, not having not having the notebooks that are required. And then just, like, like as somebody who was always, like, academically high, I just remember, like, there'd be classes I just I, I would just fail. Like, I just didn't care. And school lunch is a big part like it's a big problem like if kids don't know how their breakfast is coming if people don't know how their lunch is coming social starts yeah. to get affected school starts to get affected so that's a big push for me is like these are things where like the food banks like we should be supporting the food banks but we also need to be more creative about how we get how we take care of people because the dopest well, kind of charity is when you go like here man take this and it's not me saying i'm better than you it's not me saying like you need this. It's me saying, like, yo, here, take this. Like, I don't, I don't need it. When my son asks me why I give somebody $5 at a traffic light, I was telling him the same thing. I say, because I had it, and I didn't need it. Yeah. And, he, and he seemed like he was – and he asked for it. Yeah. So, like, you know, I don't need to – I don't need to – so. so you talk about being creative. I know we talk about this every week, but it's like with all these kids not in school, it's like every time I see another school close, I'm like, Jesus, these kids need to eat. You know what I mean? Like if they go to school, they're going to eat. You know what I mean? And right. then it's like they're not going to eat if they're at home, and uh, we need them I, to eat. I think they need to go to school for a lot of reasons. Oh, of course. You know, the social, um, the social, isolation. Yes, absolutely, yeah. You know, that's even – you know, uh, only a part of schooling is really the, the academic right. piece of it. it. It's the, you know, the activities and all the other interactions. That yep. That's where they learn. Right. So exactly. It's really important. No, I know. And that's, I mean, it's like obviously a huge topic because, you know, COVID is rampant. Right. But it's like every town has to make these decisions every couple days. You know, there's a new positive test. you got to send out the letter to the parents. So Sharon then, did an unbelievable job. And it's funny because they got crushed. Like in the media, the perception is that Sharon struggled with it. Sharon was just a place where like the fight was more public. But Sharon did an it was a choice, job. right? It was parents' choice. And and so like my son is remote. Yeah. My daughter goes to outdoor kindergarten, uh, private. But like friends of mine are remote. Friends of mine are hybrid. Friend, like um, there are kids. There are different reasons that you could be in school four days a week. And I think Sharon did an amazing job in that they offered all they they offer and it's funny because like our school committee got vilified for it like in fact like our chair uh judy crosby got crushed publicly for it but in the end they because people wanted all remote is that why no, because or? because anytime you're making a decision that is only gonna sat like if you yeah, give yeah, everyone a choice in a weird way you're every decision you make is pissing off 70 percent. right but they had the guts led led by our chair um judy crosby that so they had the guts to do what they believed in and in the end like i i personally tip my hat to them publicly for the fact that 
hey, it wasn't none of those decisions to get there were were very popular, but you just don't hear a lot about sharing public schools anymore. Like the teacher, like things are going okay. No one's dying. You know, knock on wood when I say that, but no, no one's dying and children are, are getting what their family needs best. So like, you know, my son has anxiety issues. And so I knew that going into a school with all the mask rules and all that, it was going to be, it wasn't going to get him social, social emotionally what he needed. Right. And it was going to actually cause more problems. Yeah, of course with the mask. But, yeah, but we sure. got, but, we had him at soccer practice. So if someone said to me, what do you think, like, by being remote, like, you're being super safe, but your kid's at soccer? I'd be like, no, I made the decision that works for that child. Like, for him, remote academic was what was going to work best for him. Yeah. And being at soccer practice was what was going to work best for him. Right. And I didn't tell anyone else how to live their life either. So all I ever yeah, You weren't about afraid that choice, he was going to fall, uh, fall behind reading. Right. All he, I, he's going to get what he needs at home. Right. So, like, all – right, my wife's a teacher. So, so all I ever cared about was, was – choice for everyone because there are people who are like my child can't not be in school right like this is There's and then there are people, people like that are like yeah. i can't send my child to school and both of them are right <laughs> right both exactly. of them have the right to make that decision for their mm-hmm. family and again sharon sharon created an environment where everyone got to make the decision that was right for them and sharon then included in all that free lunch for everyone in school and not you can you can pick up free lunch Oh, and right? breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that in it's a beautiful. lot of communities. So I mean, yeah, because uh, the federal government, I mean, funding what, it, yeah. the federal government funded that, which yeah. is beautiful. So wow. again, yeah, the federal I, government funded that. Are you serious? That. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't heard a lot of good things about the federal government when it comes to. Schooling. I know. So we, you know, he gets he gets a certain way about this. I can, what do you mean? Like, all I heard. No, he all likes I, to be I'm super saying, positive. But I'm like a lot of a lot of. I do need another. Yeah, a lot of. So I'm just positive. For the record, though, what I'm saying, you know that I'm middle of the ground. Listen, I'm middle of the road. That was an amazing thing that this administration did. Most of the most of the funding for schools is local. You know what I mean? Correct. State and local. No, the federal only two hundred billion dollars. No, the federal government came in and funded free breakfast and lunch during till next June. Till next June. Yeah, that is good. And and you know what? Hell. Fucking yeah, kudos to them for that. And again, you're right. They don't get a lot of credit for things like that. And it doesn't seem to align with, with what you would think their motives are. But without blinking, that administration provided free breakfast and lunch to kids. And to me, again, if somebody does, I, I, I've said this before on this podcast. The morning after anyone is elected, yeah. I always become a fan of that person. Yeah, but nobody's and I say elected, it to my wife so because I'm like, look. That person, you don't root against someone who you're – you don't root against the driver of the car you're in. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, go I'm, not sitting in my, I'm not sitting you shotgun suck going, you yeah. know what? Frank's a fucking shitty driver. He's going to prove it by killing us both. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, you know what? I just became a very uh, big fan of Frank's driving. <laughs> no, that's that's funny. No, but honestly, I, I hadn't ever heard that. Not no, I know. That I was and it's, it's, be- it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, yeah. and again, like – Well, I always I always thought – right? So I, I saw this thing that they were talking about uh, – here it comes again with the um, canceling student debt, right? And I always think that one trillion dollars, whatever. Why don't you just give that to every public school? You know, that would be like fifty thousand dollars for every public school. Why don't we just fund public school instead of trying to cancel college debt? That makes so it's interesting. It makes no it's sense it, to, it's me to do it backwards. It's interesting. I've read economic studies that suggest, and they're I happen to agree with them, that canceling student debt would be. A boon for the economy, of course. No, no. It would oh. be as negative oh. a racial situation as has existed. And I don't want to – I'm about to use words that are going to be super target, super triggering for a lot of people. But since nowhere near, but nothing has been as catastrophic 
sense slavery. I was gonna say, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because by percentage, who overwhelmingly is being left out of that path because they couldn't afford it on day one. Right. So now if you go forgive the folks that could afford to take the loans, you've now just reset the whole economic situation. No, I know. As opposed to if you want to make it free going forward, beautiful. That's an incredible leveling of the field. But don't forgive people like all, right. like us who went. Like, I got to pay mine. Yeah. And, like, I knew that when I signed up. And so, you know what? Lots of people will go, what the fuck? It wasn't free for me. Okay, but you can't, I don't you can't care forgive about that, folks now. And then what about the kid that, like, absolutely was qualified to go but couldn't afford it and went a different path? Right. And yeah. now they, they can't go back retroactively right. and participate in that lane. No, it's ridiculous. No, instead, you've now economically advantaged the folks that – had the opportunity. They already had have. it. Right. No, I know. It's so dumb. Can and, I crack one of these? Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. So cool. so I wanted to talk about this. Yeah, I want to hear about it. So this was a beer that came out of uh, another one of our oh, it's collaborations. Sour. It's a sour. That's gutsy serving a sour in a 16-ounce can. Most people serve that small. <laughs> yeah, give, but, me, give me one of those. Or deal it. Yeah, here. This one? So, so um, Morse. Morse cranberry growers. They grow cranberries in Massachusetts. Oh, this Mainly. is why you're going to Foxborough. <laughs> mainly in um you know uh southeast the south coast you know wareham uh carver uh even on the cape um, my gym my gym i'm not a sour fan this is like not a sour like like no, it's, it's not, not stomach it's acid. very approachable yeah so when i said it's right. gutsy to put it in a 16 ounce can yeah. you know what i mean like there's those ones that get served in a snifter because, like, that's going to tear your stomach apart. Yeah. No, this is not sour. This is good. It's, it's very approachable. Refreshing. I hope great. you don't take this as a criticism. I'd almost put this in the category as, like, a more flavorful, uh, a more flavorful, like, these flavored seltzers. Yeah. Like, it's, it's got the mouthfeel of, like, the seltzers. No? It, no, I, yeah. I would I would go with you there. I've never I even mean, had a seltzer, so I don't know. Um, we introduced sour beers. You haven't beers. had any of those alcoholic seltzers. No, nope, not one. That's funny. You know, you know what You're this, too beer, proud, huh? this beer does also? <laughs> Fuck that. It, it's very approachable to wine drinkers. And and we were have, you know we would have people come in the tap room, do you have anything else besides beer? Well, we only operate under a license that allows us to sell beer. Sure. But this, but this one looks like a rosé. Exactly. And, 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 and it's really like... It almost tastes like cranberry juice in a seltzer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like it's like it's super crushable. Yeah, what Honestly, is I would think the bros yeah. would be after because it, it's five percent, right? And it doesn't like it's not sitting. It doesn't sit heavy. Like this is a nice, and it's not like when you put sour on this. Like I get it. I get where you got to call it, sour, but like I don't know. I, so I don't know what a sour. So a sour. See, I, I don't know shit about beer. I just know a lot of times sours like are it. like. A little I usually thicker. like it like they're a little more viscous and they're very astringent. Oh, I'm a thinking lot of juicy, times. never mind. Like a lot like very astringent. Like to the point where like they're very esoteric in the sense that like sometimes people drink sours because like I'm a big fan of sours and no one else drinks one. But I was ready for this to, to hit me in the face. Yeah, well, I mean, I think some of the craft brewers have, have turned sours in a different direction than the original ones. I mean, if you look at the original Lambics and, and some of the other um, right. beers that came out of Belgium, which is where the sours really yeah. originated, they never were that thick puree of 
You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Exactly. That thick puree that you like, they serve it, they <laughs> sniff their glass, and you're like. And you pour it, you, and it's like. You're either, like. If you're, you thought you were, you were going to drink cranberry sauce, like early Thanksgiving right now. Like vinegary. Like, I thought I was yeah. going to drink cranberry agridolce. That's what you know, I thought I was going to drink. You could make a, a vinegar out of that, too. You could yeah. turn that into a vinegar and make a vinaigrette with it. Even yeah. You wouldn't even have to, uh, you know, turn that into a vinegar itself. You could add that and into a vinaigrette, yeah. and, and it would be beautiful. Cranberry yeah, walnut salad. Exactly. Oh, hold on. We're at a barbecue place, right? okay? <laughs> no, but cranberry walnut is, um, we're trying to stay away from. Yeah, Cranberries? No, from uh, nuts. nuts. We're trying to yeah, stay away from yeah. nuts in this pot. But a cranberry vinaigrette would be great for our cob salad. We've been going back and forth on what the vinaigrette is going to be for our cob salad. Yeah. It's be nice. Put some of that in there. And 100%. In good shape. Yeah. yeah. yeah town cranberry uh, morse. So local, that. all local here. So the guys just are local, local. local cranberry growers. My high school um, gym teacher was part of this family. Yeah. And they, they I live had, on Morse Street, by the way. They, have a, um, they had an a office in the same building we were in. And so we struck up a relationship with the guys, and, and it, the rest is history, as they say. Dope. Nice. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you were in the plaza here, you know what I mean? We'd have a baklava stout. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So once again, Sounds we're good. with Frank from Shoveltown Breweries. We're at the grand Thank opening you. of Ala Esh and Sharon. Yes, sir. Barbecue. Avi's new barbecue spot. So I, I have Avi to, and Kyle and, and Brendan's is it kosher? Spot. Is it kosher? No, no hell no. Kosher. Hell no. Yeah. Uh, hell I was no. just wondering. I can't deal with I, those rabbis. So, so I'm an Italian. Okay. I, my wife I, too. I, my wife too. I uh, cut my teeth in a strictly kosher deli. Dope. In New Haven. So, yeah. so the chubby chickpea was kosher for two years. Yeah. Uh, Jumping through hoops. Two years. Jumping through hoops. That's tough. Yeah. It's it, it, you know what though? Yeah. I got an email today from like a woman who was like super super sweet about um. Hold on, one of my guys is texting me here. Um, Hold on, I want to hear about more about this deli. See, you, you said a lot of uh, New York influence. That sounds like it. Yeah, so that was it, really. Um, and, you know, you got to remember, when I was 16 and I started working in, in, at the deli, um, and it was not just a deli, it was a big caterer. It was very, very um, successful caterer. That's where I learned all of my food preparation and stuff. You cut I your teeth. A, I have a million stories about that, but... Um, yeah, the influence was from New York. So we would get all of our product from New York, like New York pastrami, mm -hmm. brisket, um, turkey. And we had basically a, a New York-style deli right. in New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. And um, it, and then they also had a, a, a high-end catering business that was kosher. So kosher catering, mainly up between New Haven and Fairfield, Connecticut. All right. They yeah. did, or actually, uh, up the Merritt. Stratford. Yeah, right. Up, up and down the Merritt Parkway. Um, excuse me. Can't bring a big truck. And, uh, yeah. no trucks. On and the I, so uh, I always, uh, around that time was the, the Jackson Brown song came out, the loadout, which, uh, the first to come and the last to leave working for that minimum wage. Well, that was, that was that pretty was, much that me. Was <laughs> that was pretty much me. That so sounds we, like Avi, except we would, um, yeah, <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I was, I was going to school. I was in high school. I was still, you know, carrying my full load of uh, high school classes. I basically would get out of, get out of school, go work in the kitchen during the week. We'd prep for the weekends. Friday, we'd deliver stuff for the parties and, and maybe execute a party on Friday night. Saturday, two party, at least two parties, if not three. And Sunday, another one or two parties. So, um, yeah, we we, we I'm did a grind. <laughs> yeah, I'm a we grind. and it was it was great. And they had chefs um, 
that would come from the Culinary Institute of America, and they taught me incredible amount of stuff about food preparation. And there was one woman that all she did, and she was a a, a Russian of Russian descent, and she made just the garnishes. So she'd make a whole tray of these beautiful garnishes mm. out of tomatoes and ro uh, tomato roses, of course. That was always kind of uh, fruit fruit bowls out of watermelon that were just just really high. It was all high end, very high end right. stuff. And that's where I developed my love of the food industry. I was gonna say it's funny how <laughs> like things early on in your life like kind of shape like you yeah. know what I mean. Like you wouldn't be at a brewery you didn't go through that probably you know what i mean probably, like yeah that, so so when we when i opened the brewery i wanted to have a food program there mm -hmm. so we we did the best with what we could you know we um <clears throat> the building wasn't suitable to have a full kitchen yep so we have you know we're doing kind of creative stuff with what we have yep. so we do lots of flatbreads so what about um, the um what about the next spot the the foxborough firehouse yeah, it's going to have a full kitchen it is going to yeah. have a full kitchen who's going to operate that um, I have a chef that I've been working with, uh, Dope. Connell Kelly. Cool. He's out of Johnson Wales. He's been nice. working with me for Johnson a while. Wales. Yeah, yeah. That's so, um, a couple of my guys are from Johnson Wales, Jay Wu. Uh, including Kyle over here. Uh, cool. Cool. Yeah. What's the menu going to be like? Um, a pubby upscale pubby type menu, but we don't want to, you know, there's some other businesses there. We don't want to be the same as them. So yeah. I, I was also thinking about a wood fired element. So wood fired grill. You know, wood fired grill is cool as hell. Yeah, I have a wood fired oven in my spot. Yep. Yeah. At at, uh, at Simca. But yeah, you do um, uh, pitas, right? Fresh Yourself, pitas, yeah. yeah. Calamari. We do some cool stuff in that oven. In the oven, but yeah. wood fired grill, you can do some cool stuff. Yeah. Burgers. Yeah. So what probably you burgers, chicken, you know, stuff. Yeah. But a little bit upscale. We'll we'll have to see when it comes. Maybe some steak, you know, steak tips, anyways. Steak tips, super New Englandy, man. Yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah. I think that would be a big seller. Yeah. Go steak Do tips. Some good, good steak tips. Yeah. You know. Don't out. This just my opinion. There we go. Oh, hey, you're gonna pay him a consulting fee. <laughs> I was about to say. I was about to say no consult. This is me, but but hey, I rock with you. Don't outthink your customers. Don't out food your beer. So like, your beer appeals to the masses. Serve the masses their food. So, like, a really good burger, like, be upscale in the quality, but exactly. not in the present. Too many, I call it Instagram food. Yeah. When folks are like. Why, people take some, pictures of the Instagram? Exactly. Let's put some cool stuff on top of the burger. And stuff. That turns a certain demo off. Just make a great, just make a really high quality grind. Grind it in house. I saw you were grinding filet the other day. Yeah, that exactly. looked delicious. So we're gonna do a we're gonna do a burger here Saturdays only from noon till they sell out, where we grind it to order. Nice. That's gonna be our thing. Filet or, or not? So it's gonna be a, a blend of filet and our trim. Nice. Um So yeah, because filet. The thing about a filet burger is it's almost too lean. Yeah, not not enough fat. Not in enough it. fat. But yeah. but the thing is, like, if you trim a whole tenderloin, you get fat. Yeah. So like. That was the burger I posted the other day was was trim tenderloin. Yeah. So it wasn't like I didn't grind the fillet. I grind the trim from the tenderloin with with tenderloin in it. So we'll do we'll do like a brisket fat and tenderloin burger basically, yeah. and it's gonna be dope. But like we'll grind it to order, um, and I think that's pretty cool. The um, 
I guess like my recommendation there would be just don't outthink. Like I wouldn't do a steak. No one wants to come to a brewery and eat a steak. Steak tips though, hell yeah, and that's super New England. Right. You know, just like have a. Have you ever been to Conrad's? Oh yeah, yeah. Their steak tips are the best. The, the, the best. best I've ever had. That was one of the reasons why I was thinking about the steak tips. You know, you're competing with the guy who, who makes the best steak tip I'll, around. I'll order the steak tip sandwich. I'll drink out of it. I'll order the steak tip sandwich. And I'll eat so. the, the bread, cheese, peppers, and onions, and mushrooms, or whatever, with mayo, and then I'll just eat the steak tips. It's like, bomb. The steak tips are incredible. Steak, incredible. Incredible. Like, I, I got friends from Rhode Island. They're like, oh, you coming down? Bring some of those steak tips. Hell yeah. I mean. Like, just bring them raw. Get, get where, them raw. Where do you get them? Conrad's, yeah. Yeah. Conrad's steak tips are dope. So my point oh, is Hold like, on. Does anybody, do you know what the. I do know. You do know? I do know. I So somebody told me. I'm like, no, nah, that can't be right. So yeah, no, it I, is right. You know, don't, it is don't, right. Don't it say is it right. now. What you think it is, it is right. All right. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Right. We, we, we won't, we won't we can't, give yeah, them their secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know someone that used to work there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I know. I always like, I can probably make this, but I just don't know what it is. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just, and they said it. In it's a little what are you cooking now? It smells Cranberry delicious. Cranberry moist. Yeah, it does smell good. They're getting ready for dinner. So that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, we got to get wrapping this up so I can help my team. Yeah, I got I don't want to abandon these that oh. I should have been at. But, hey, this was a lot more fun anyway. <laughs> it is fun, and I got some great beer. I mean, honestly, I, I appreciate you, know what, your battery, your, beer. your battery's dead. I think you left your trunk open. I just noticed that. Oh, that'll be fine. It'll be good. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you never get to that appointment. <laughs> It'll be back on heat in the kitchen in five minutes. Waiting for a jump. Um, so it's been. So I've been here for a few hours, and there's been people in and out. Yeah. Uh, you didn't talk about those donuts either. There's a whole rack of donuts. Oh, oh dude. So um, that's what's funny when you delicious. mentioned dessert. So, yo, Union Square Donuts in Somerville, Josh, I like I reached out to Josh, donuts. and oh, they're the, they're the best, like the gold standard. And so, like, I reached out to them, and I was like, "Hey, you know, like," and they're they were, like I said, I rock with who I rock with. So, like, their vibe was exactly like how I'm. They're like, "Look, like, we're just like down to 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 figure things out." So we figured out like how we can get these delivered every single day, fresh, and it's we like we're a weird place that's going to carry donuts isn't open till 11 right <laughs> but people already like we're half sold out of these donuts already, I say, yeah. and we're gonna start carrying these donuts now here on the chubby chickpea food truck which is out like in neighborhoods and stuff and then anything that doesn't sell in a day gets turned into bread pudding a simca so like we're gonna we're gonna be able to flip this and it's gonna be cool and i mean if you're out in, if you're out in these neck of the woods no one is playing with us no one is playing with union square donuts yeah yeah the folks from Providence that are making kick-ass donuts. Uh, Providence Donut? Or is the that what they're called? PRV or whatever? PRV. PVD. Like those folks. Like, and they make dope donuts. But like people line up for two hours to pick up those donuts. There's coffee shop in Canton. I'm like, bro, like they're What's right here. What's up with like, the specialty you know, donut shops? That feel, feels like a relatively new phenomenon. Like No, like, far from it, dude. It's like it's almost like a dead. There's one like, in it was like, like Fenway a, it was, now. Like it was big like Blackbird eight years ago. Yeah, oh, Blackbird. Yeah, but they're. Blackbird is in, chain, like, they started in the South End. They're, not, they're like, a local chain. Oh, like, okay, okay. They're, and, listen, they're cool. But, like, Union Square, like, as a guy from, from – from, as the guy to his core, no matter how many of these things I've got, I'm, I'm the chubby chickpea through and through. Yeah. Like, I, can, I cut my teeth that way. I came up that way. I, I, I want all my people to come through that so, like, we, they experience that life. Right. Like, I'm so uh, – on Sundays, Union Square Donuts. Like, that's that's who I am. So, like, for me, it's like, if you're going to be like, yo, in the gourmet donut space, like, who's who's the boss? I'm like, dude, I'm a Union, Union Square, Square Donut yeah. guy. So, and, and, like, when I say it's, like, almost dead, my point is, like, no one's, like, coming up with the, that stuff. No one's opening that tomorrow and getting dope. But, like, right. but these folks, 
they built this by being dope and and existing in that space. And like, have you ever had like like a, like one of those like? Yeah, yeah. I almost wanted to name the price. Like, point, like somebody came in tonight today, like an, an older gentleman. Um, I'm excited by the way that Simca's. I mean, uh, I'll ask to be open eleven to seven because like Simca's only open for dinner. And like, I got people that like used to knock on the door and be like, "Yo, you go to lunch?" And I'm like, "Nah, I don't want to sell lunch." And, like this dude <laughs> go two came, doors down. This <laughs> dude came in and I was like, I said, I tapped Kyle on the shoulder. I'm like, "Yo, this dude asks Simca all the time if we sell lunch," and he was like. Yeah, let me get two donuts. And he goes, "Are you kidding me on the price? You're selling those donuts for four twenty-five? I said, "Yeah, I know." He goes, you "Can go over to Cumberland Farms. You can get a donut for a dollar. <laughs> you can get a coffee for a dollar okay. too." Okay, if that's I, what you want to do. I said, "I said, I said, I'm gonna keep it you, real with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it all the way real with you. I go to Cumbies for a donut for a dollar." I said, "I'm with you." I said, "If if you're just if you're looking for like a donut, like yo, I'm just in a rush. Yeah, I just want right. a donut." You should skip us. Get up. Yeah. Go to Cumbie, bro. Yeah, pack if, a you, if you want something that's like going to knock your socks off, pay, and he goes, all right. And he bought both donuts, and he was with it, you know? And my point is, like, anybody that was like, what? what's up with that I mean, craze? Yeah. I'd be like, I don't know. Buy that maple bacon. <laughs> you tell me. Because that maple bacon compares against the dessert, not against the donut. Well, that's so what like, a donut that's, is. A and dessert, if I told you, know? you, like, yo, I can get you a piece of cheesecake. For four dollars, you'd be like, "Dope, I'm in." Yeah. So like, that's like when you eat that donut, like yeah. you're not like eating that in the car on the way home. Right. Like you're sitting down eating that donut, but <laughs> yeah. that's you're having a beer, you're eating that donut. Yeah. No, that's that's not a Boston cream donut. That's a Boston cream pie. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So like, it's just different. And so, and honestly, bro, it's been like our biggest seller today. You know, like, I, that thing was full to start the day. So like, I'm gonna grab. I love apple cider. I'm gonna grab a couple of those on my way out. Yeah, the apple cider donuts are good. We're, I mean, you know, we're selling donuts today. It's just actually kind of funny, right? It's like I'm like Vietnamese coffee, huh? Ooh, that Vietnamese coffee, and I love, I love a, an actual Vietnamese. Hey, coffee. cranberry ginger that goes well with a. Oh yeah, there. true. But like I said, like I'm gonna eat a brisket sandwich when I'm done <laughs> drinking this beer. So, cool. Uh, well, listen, Frank, this was an awesome surprise. Yeah, like, and I appreciate. I mean, it. I, I didn't want to interrupt, but I no, 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 far from it. Really, this is really why we great. did it. This is literally what we do. Is like, <laughs> like we we've had a lot of cool people from the industry on the podcast, and we always appreciate it because it's like, you know, again, like there's, any like I said, I rock with who I rock with. So to me, it's like if there's somebody doing something cool and they get it. It's always fun to have a conversation. So yeah, we were just gonna yell about like Cam Newton and Trump and shit. So. Yeah, we were. Yeah, honestly, glad we didn't go that way. No, and, it, and both. Uh, by the way, Wait, uh, real Cam quick Newton? though. No, but real quick though, before we get off, because I, I do got to get to dinner service. But Cam Newton, bro, we got a season. Cam Newton, baby. <laughs> we got a so you know what's funny? It's like if there was a better play call on that last play in Seattle, and if Cam had played in Kansas City. We'd be talking about a totally different or, season. No, yeah. or if he doesn't fumble, he doesn't a, buffalo. fumble a buffalo. Yeah. So, right. so, like, listen, I'm not, that's not my way of suggesting, like, oh, God no, damn it, it should be ours. Season. No, but we my point is, my point is, for those evaluating Bill and his plans, yeah. this wasn't a dumb idea. No, and it's worked, not. like, they just took the Ravens down. So, like, it does work. Like, it's different. It's not what we're used to watching. Like but you know what? still have it. I'll <laughs> never forget on Columbus Avenue in Adrian's apartment, sophomore year. Checking the score on a Sunday night game when they played, um, I think they played Miami, and they won seven six or something like that. <laughs> and on that, like you check it, like that's how the Patriots used to win. People forget Bill won three of those six titles with a Brady. They used to throw for two twenty. Yeah, right. well, people forget that. No, 
mean, those all right, sorry. Right. What about that Carolina Super Bowl where he, you know, they put up like thirty-two? No, I'm not saying he like, never threw. No, for that. no, I know. My I know. point is, they used to grind out football yeah. games. Well, what I Antoine say, I mean, Smith was a catalyst to a Super Bowl. And he was terrible too. No, he wasn't. I mean, he he hit the hole for sure, but I mean. But my point is, like, they – oh, when you say like skill Damian, level. Like, like, Damian Harris is a much better running back than – Damian Harris is amazing. And people have been – and by the way, a, another reason why I stopped questioning Bill Belichick. People have been yelling, like, where is he, where is he, where is he? And they're saying he can't draft, he can't draft. And now, sure enough, like, maybe they brought him along at the right speed. Yeah. And right now, he's a beast. Oh, he's like an absolute beast. monster. But, uh, incredible. But, incredible. but Josh McDaniel still sucks because that dude was tearing through Buffalo – why is Cam Newton running with the ball? Like, yeah. why isn't that Damian Harris? Like, Damian Harris would have got oh, there, too. No, like, I'm, I'm starting to go. You know, I used to love Josh. I used to think, like, he's him. the I best. And I, I think like he will all. be the next head coach. But now I, I'm like, he, he does something sometimes. I'm like, what are you doing? Just way too cute. You know what I mean? Just, like, you're running down their throat. Just give him the ball. By the way, that throw from Jacoby. Oh, my God. What a dime That's piece. a quarterback throw. What a like, that's an piece. NFL quarterback throw. Like, that didn't – you didn't surprise the defense. You just gave the ball to a better quarterback. That, that really was. Somebody who could throw the ball. I know that's corny, well, but, like – Hey, what I, what I say every week, though, if you've got Cam or whatever, or even with Stidham, just get to 24 points. If you can get to 24, I have faith that you can win the game. You know what yeah. I mean? So just get to 24 every week. You're not going to get to 35. This is How funny is it that now they're talking about J.C. Jackson, like, on sports radio as, like – well, now you got a one number one. Now you got a number one, like bubble. and it's like. Did dude, you see what the Patriots did, by the way? So I, I did you the hear Pro Bowl that? Like, you're talking about? You heard yeah, the, yeah. Which I, I can't believe this is true. If it no, is. it's a lie. It, it turns out. So they talked about this for two hours. So for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, the rumor was that the Patriots kept J.C. Jackson off of the Pro Bowl voting for financial, like because they well, don't, I don't want know him if to want more financial, money. Just, but the truth is that after talking about this for two hours today on WEI. One of the you people are listen to that? one of the no. I just happened to be in the car today. Um, somebody from and by the way, I listened to it for ten minutes. They said we've been talking about this oh, for God. two hours. Sounds dreadful. When when somebody on the show finally just actually went to the website where you Pro Bowl vote and J C Jackson's on it. Oh, is that right? So yeah. it just turns out. That, well, like, it must be the, that, it must be the play. I th- don't the players have a vote or some shit like that? No, like no, the, it's that they added him late. And oh, listen, yeah. the reason was because he wasn't a starter at the start of yeah, the season. They probably have to submit so it like September 1st. Exactly. So, like, at the beginning of the season, only the starters league-wide get submitted. And J.C. Jackson took over late, later. So, like, But it's one want? of these things. Like, I mean, him. he's six picks. He should, if he continues this way, oh. should end up a pro bowler. Like, oh, he should. Uh, all he pro. Six picks. All pro. <laughs> all pro and pro bowler are so different, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but if you, have, if you lead the league in interceptions. No, I know, but all pro is weird where, like, all pro is one of those things where, like, you almost have to have a year like this. To then be considered all pro, yeah. you, have you know, like second year, yeah. right? Like the yeah. first time is like who's having a great year. All right. pro is almost like who of a certain echelon is having a good year. It, I'm not saying it's fair, but like anybody that just has a good year, because think about it: like you could have six picks by having six great plays and just be a garbage corner the rest, like or a mediocre corner the rest of the year. Like Malcolm Butler came out of nowhere and then he shut guys down for two years. Yeah, right. Now, by the way, he's mediocre. No, J.C. Like, Jackson's following his path. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't – you know, Bill's not going to get credit. He was undrafted, right, I think? Uh, I he was, Jacoby he, Myers, undrafted. Like, he doesn't get JC credit Jackson for these guys. Jackson was either undrafted or, what, I think, drafted seven? by someone else and cut. No, 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 no. He was definitely with the Patriots at his first training camp. Okay, then he, was he was undrafted. then he was undrafted. Yeah. Because I heard they, they said he didn't draft him. But – and by the way, so that's the point of bringing him up. It was My point was like – 
Now he here comes Harris. JC Jackson's playing great. Yeah. So it turns out that, like, Bill's not a complete moron. No. Like, you know, yeah, he misses on Chad Jackson. They're going to talk about that for two decades. Yeah, right. But, like, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, you go to the Super Bowl every other year. Like, you got to get some credit. You know right. what I mean? Like, and it's not just coaching, which obviously is a huge part of it, but you've got to give him credit for it, undrafted free agents and all that other shit. Exactly. All right, I got to go cook some food, bro. All right, hey, all right. a la Esh. Hey, great Shovel time. Town Thank Brewery. you very much for Appreciate inviting you, me in. Thank you. And, Dude, anytime you want to bring beer, I was going to say, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Every Monday, usually. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might, you might see me on Mondays. I'll have to come by for a, a, a brisket sandwich. Is it oh, yeah. brisket? You yeah, got, what brisket. else do you have? What, we got what brisket, else? pulled pork. We, get, we do a smoked it's right lamb. Behind leg. directly behind Ooh. me. Smoked leg of lamb. Oh, that's then And then we also do smoked What do you do? Slice that? Yeah, so, yeah, we slice it. So, and we serve it. As a plate or as a sandwich, and we got some grilled sandwiches on top of that. We got some specials. We got yeah. dope ass sides. We do a Brussels slaw, brisket sammy. smoked sweet potato puree, but the brisket and the smoked leg of lamb are the dopest. Yeah. What up? What up? All right, all right. Uh, well, I gotta fly. I'm right, way same. late now. Thanks, same. Frank. All right, Corey. Hey, thanks right, a lot, guys. Thanks you guys. for having me. Eat in the kitchen. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Cool.